Hello everyone, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Friday, May 15th. I am Matt Barrios in for Dave Lomas. I get to continue our week's meditations on the spiritual realities that Jesus lays out in his parables. In particular, the parable of a seed that dies, goes into the ground, and then uh, sprouts up and yields fruit. Uh, Jesus explains how only the seed that dies and is buried into the ground actually gets planted. Uh, Only then can it take root and can yield a harvest. Uh, In the words of Jesus, he says, Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus identifies the paradox here, as in other places, that the path to fruitfulness in our true hope involves some things dying away. I'm going to pick up on this theme and explore it from a different angle. Yes, as we've said before in this last week, many things are being buried in this strange moment in the world. And we do hope those many things are being planted to yield a greater harvest for the future. But also, if that's true, that would also mean that the things that have been buried before might be sprouting up in this season. Think about it. What if this might be a time for things that were dead and buried long ago to sprout up? What if past pains and regrets are resurfacing with new potential? What if old griefs from ages ago are finally having their moment for transformation and growth? What if? This question, it reminds me of a Shakespeare play, and if I can get hella nerdy with you as a former English, (laughs) adjunct English professor, and I know I kind of, I probably lost some people when I even said Shakespeare or English professor, but stick with me for a sec. I promise it's worth it. Besides, I mean, what better way to explore a parable of Jesus than with a parable of Shakespeare? Um, And we're going to talk about that for a sec. Um, There's this play, and it's called The Winter's Tale. And look, y'all, I mean, this is such an incredible story. It's my favorite play, maybe my favorite thing I've ever read or seen, period. Uh, And I'll give you a quick flyover, because I know sometimes when I would teach this in class, it would put um, some of my students to sleep, but I'll do the quick version. Um, Because the first half of the play, I mean, it's pure tragedy. It includes the nastiest parts of humanity. And, And I mean, like enraged jealousy, suspicion, judgment, infidelity, betrayal between friends, the death of a child, a king on a paranoid power trip. All all of this due to a completely baseless rumor, a total lie. And then the king uh, shuns his pregnant queen and their youngest son dies of grief. The queen passes in childbirth and the baby is sent by this maniacal king to die of exposure out in the wilderness. I mean, it's two acts of the absolute worst of humanity. Uh, But I'll tell you what happens next in a minute. But first, I mean, let's connect this back to the idea of a kernel or seed falling into the ground and dying and then sprouting up. And the way maybe those dead things in the past, old thoughts, old griefs, old pains or regrets, Maybe those things are sprouting at an opportune moment such as this in order to yield good fruit. 
I bring this up because I'm seeing it for me in this season where the mental space that this time is allotting, uh, it's like creating an interesting clearing for old stuff to resurface, but from a new vantage point. Ideas that I had put to rest years ago are popping right back into view, um, like old creative projects that I had sort of abandoned, like they're back on my mind. Pains from the past, like from a rough time in my life back in 2017, they're sprouting back up and I'm needing to return to them and bring them to God from a whole different view. Old memories, old friendships, they're coming back into view and I'm having some of those important conversations that me and my friends never had. Uh, you know, just the other day, I woke up with a song I wrote back in 2008 in my head. I used to write a lot of music back then. And it's a one that I had forgotten so long ago. And there it was, just like my first waking thought. It was like a relic from some long forgotten ancient civilization. It's just like that was a lifetime ago, it almost feels. And it was just an old love song, unrequited love, had all the feels associated with it. And maybe you're noticing this. I mean, have you noticed this for you? Maybe some extra mental space in this season as you recalling more from your life, uh, you know, memories from childhood, maybe areas of grief, amazing dreams or ideas that you let go of. And I don't know what it is for you, but maybe now might be the time for them to sprout back up. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That's what Jesus says. What if those things planted for you years ago are having their moment right now? Jesus might be using those things now to bring an abundance to your life. Now really might be the time. I don't know if you're like me, but I tend to be pretty forward-focused. I love thinking about the future. What's next? How do I get there? What's the strategy? What's the approach? What do I get to create in order to help make that happen? But the interesting thing that is happening when I have a little extra time on my hands for like contemplation and slowness and just fewer distractions in life, um, and not just distractions, but like fewer rhythms in life that just keep me going with what's happening now or what's happening ahead. Like I don't have the normalcy of a daily commute that just kind of gets me going faster. Um, but in that interesting kind of extra mental space time, uh, my mind starts to remember the past quite a lot more. Um, and those memories are sprouting up. And surprisingly enough, it really feeds me. As much as it might uh, involve like things that I'd rather forget, honestly, um, I'm finding deeper resolution, deeper and new insights. Uh, what was dead and buried and part of history, it's becoming a new source of life for today. That song, I mean, just to, to give a quick example, that song I woke up with the other day, I called up a friend of mine who I used to write music with and I, I just played it for him and we laughed and we just reminisced and joked and took delight in a long time friendship. 
and then he just <laughs> like kind of ruthlessly in the way that only a really good friend can just made fun of me for it sounding like a ripoff of a Christina Aguilera song. So, I mean, that's a little embarrassing to admit, but it was such a funny, fun moment of connection. And if I didn't have that memory come back up, like we wouldn't have had that. And as the saying goes, um, tragedy plus time is comedy. Tragedy plus time is comedy. I think it's like a, a goofy idea that those things that, you know, that song that was unrequited love um, comes back into the present and now I can laugh about it. I don't know. What is this? 12 years later. Um, and I think that's actually what Shakespeare knew so, <laughs> knew so well. Uh, after all the horrible stuff at the start of The Winter's Tale, the deception and jealousy and the regret of the king when the truth finally comes out and he was wrong all along. Uh, but, you know, it, it doesn't come out until after he's lost his wife, his son, his, new, his newly born baby in the wilderness. I mean, there's so much hardship, terrible tragedy that happens initially. And then all of the sudden, on the stage, a bear appears and chases off the other characters in the play. And by the way, just think of this. In Shakespearean times, this would actually mean a man dressed in a bear costume shouts roar and chases off some squealing guys off the stage. Is it like, how can what what tragedy we just witnessed be part of the same story as uh, like a man in a bear costume? This absurd break in the narrative takes place. And all of a sudden, the entire rest of the play is a comedy. Uh, I mean, Father Time appears on stage and says that 16 years have passed. And that lost baby that was sent out to the wilderness to die was picked up by a friendly shepherd and raised to be his own daughter, is now 16 years old. And then, uh, you know, spoiler alert for this 400-year-old play, (laughs) almost everything gets redeemed in the second half of the play. The grown baby falls in love, they run away, and that grown baby, the lost princess, finds herself back in the court of her blood father, the king. Um, And, you know, that, that one king whose enraged jealousy set everything horrible into motion in the first half, that person is reunited and the truth comes out and what was dead and buried returns to yield a harvest of grace and joy the lost princess united with her father who had spent 16 years straight grieving a broken and contrite heart he tended to the pain of his past as the proverb as the proverb goes a uh, A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. The seed of family, dead and buried, comes back in a big way. Not only is his lost daughter returned, but the relationship with his friend is restored. And in the final scene of the play, all the characters go see a special statue that has been built by a master craftsman. The statue is the perfect likeness of the king's dead wife, except as if she had aged 16 years exactly. And the king falls to his knees in 
repentant anguish. And then something amazing happens. The statue moves. Was it a supernatural resurrection or a trick where the queen hid for 16 years? We can't know, but one thing is clear. What was dead and buried has returned at the perfect moment for a harvest of joy. So in this season or any other season, as past memories or griefs sprout up for you, pause a moment before burying them again. This might be the time for what is dead in the ground to resurrect, for the seed to grow and yield good fruit. Blessings and peace to you. Thank you.